0: I'm Jeff Sturz, and this is Wide Awake, a podcast offering biblical insight and encouragement. Have you ever bumped into somebody or made eye contact with another person wearing the same outfit as you? It's sort of a weird experience. I mean, it shouldn't surprise us entirely that there are you know other people wearing the same things we are, because there are commonly shopped brands and a limit to the styles that people wear. But when you see each other in that moment, you might think a couple of different thoughts, at least. The first being maybe, you know, that guy looks cool and he thinks that our mutually shared outfit is worth wearing. So maybe I made the right choice when I bought this. And, you know, my confidence is boosted. On the other hand, you might think, hmm. I'm not sure I'm the same kind of guy as that guy or the same kind of person as that person and yet we're wearing the same outfit. Maybe I ought to rethink whether I should wear this again. Whatever your reaction, make no mistake that in that moment you've been thrust into a club of other people or at least with another person who like what you do. You're temporarily in a club of sorts whether you like it or not. But sometimes, we choose to be in groups, even purposely wearing the same outfits. I mean, if you went to a local sports game wearing the team's MVP jersey, you'd expect other people to be dressing the same way you are. In fact, you might look at that other person wearing the outfit that you're wearing and say something real intelligent like, Hey! Go team! But, you know, there's a bond. You may not know that person, agree with how they live their life agree with who they voted for, but in that context, you're on the same side with them and have the same passion as they do. We'd also have to say that there are different levels of bonding or community. People who both like to fish largemouth bass are probably on a different, perhaps deeper level than two people who happen to both subscribe to Netflix. There's a deeper bond over that thing. By contrast, people who have served in battles side-by-side in an overseas conflict or over an extended period of time together are going to have a bond on a different and deeper level than people who like to fish largemouth bass. Fellowship is one of those things that we understand intuitively. We're bonded to other people in various ways. Whether it's an actual shared neighborhood, community, a city, a state, or a country, or whether it's something that we share a bond with others more by choice, we get it. We understand fellowship. But the level of fellowship we have with other people changes based on the thing that we're both a part of. If it's a traumatic or monumental event like a war zone experience, or think of the Chilean miners who are trapped for days, weeks together deep in the earth or a small group of people who started a revolution. Those types of bonds are often lifelong because there's no one else on the planet who can really relate to you in that capacity because of the uniqueness of what happened. Fellowship can be a very powerful factor and have a very powerful presence in the lives of a group of people. The more powerful or impacting the thing is that brings you or others together, the more powerful the bond itself. So when the Bible talks about the fellowship that Christians have together, we need to ask ourselves, what is the thing that bonds Christians together? Really think about that for a moment. Because if it's simply the fact that we go to the same building and sing the same songs and talk the same lingo and do good things, and that's basically the extent of our bond, we may be in fact missing what God considers true rich and powerful christian fellowship and when i say powerful i don't mean powerful in some weird mystical way i'm talking about the kind of power that changes individuals lives that moves a neighborhood a city or even a nation during the first decades of the church in the first century there's an amazing incident surrounding a group of people who together believed in christ they were in a macedonian city called thessalonica the Thessalonian conversion to Christianity, as well as the conversion of those who believed in nearby cities, was so powerful that it caused a societal upheaval. Now to be fair, much of the conflict was stirred up by certain Jewish people who hated Paul and they were jealous of his popularity. But things were stirred up so much so that a mob within the city drug one of the church members out of his house and brought him before the city authorities and shouted to them about Paul and those who were preaching with him making this statement, quote, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Wow, what an amazing statement, turning the world upside down. When I was youth pastoring earlier in my life, I began designing a t-shirt that had kind of like an outline of the globe and it was upside down with this passage on it. Uh, I never printed it or produced it and it's probably for the better simply because it would probably be better for somebody to say that about you rather than for you to brag about it, you know, wearing this t-shirt. Nevertheless, we need to ask, what was it that was causing this group of people to bond together and make such an impact? Was it because they all liked to sing the same songs and meet for coffee on Sundays? No, the fellowship they shared and the impact their shared experience produced was based in something much, much deeper. It says in this story that Paul came into town and went into the local synagogue and reasoned with them from the scriptures, quote, explaining and proving that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. The message of the gospel and the reality of God stepping into humanity to save people and to cause them to rise from the dead Transform the very heart and soul of the people that heard the message listen to jesus close disciple john as he writes decades later after jesus earthly ministry and just so you're not lost in this john is referring to jesus right off the bat here in the opening of his letter as he's saying these following things that which was from the beginning With us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Do you get that? The fellowship that believing Christians have together is that we have a mutual relationship with the eternal God and with God's Son, Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. This is and must be recognized by believers as the real bond between us. When I see another person and I learn that they have recognized who Jesus is and have believed in him for the forgiveness of sins, in that moment when I see them, I think, you've experienced the same thing I have, the life transforming message in which I passed from death to life, from no hope to eternal life, from living in fear to living in joy, from living for the here and now to living for a reward in eternity. All because God stepped into humanity through the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. That is our bond. That is something that people who haven't yet trusted in Jesus can't understand. I had the opportunity to travel with a college group from a Christian college where we visited churches and schools doing singing events and representing the college. But one of the cool things was being able to stay in the homes of hundreds of other Christians from around the nation. That was the arrangement that the school had with these churches. And what was so amazing is that in no time with so many of these hosts, we were discussing how God interrupted their life and drew them to a saving knowledge of the gospel and how it transformed their life. And as they're describing this and the journey that brought them to God, I'm going, yes, I understand even though the exact circumstances may look different, I know what it's like to turn from sin to God in faith and have Him transform and take hold of your life. There is a common and deep bond that Christians are able to share right out of the box. That's why when Paul talks about the gospel and the gospel's effect in the church, he says stuff like he does in Colossians, quote, "...here there is not Greek and Jew." circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. And again, he says to the Galatians, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The bond that Christians share break all ethnic, national, gender, and socioeconomic boundaries because we are all the same in Christ and Jesus Christ dwells in each of us. So what does that mean for us? Well, if you haven't put your faith in God's Son, who He sent for you, to die in the place of sinners, then I implore you, trust in Him for this. He will not cast out any who come to Him seeking reconciliation. He will save all who believe in him that is his promise not mine once you have trusted in christ you are immediately even supernaturally by god's spirit brought into his fellowship and the fellowship of others who share the same hope and faith in christ but i also want to say for those of us who have trusted in christ we need to remember that our fellowship must be based in our shared hope I think it's a mistake for Christians to get together week after week and only talk about the game or work or a recent vacation or whatever. As Christians, we're designed for much more than that. We are spiritually gifted to encourage each other. We are told to speak truth to each other, to care for one another, to get to know one another, to meet each other's needs. This requires us to move beyond the surface talk and to listen and to ask questions and to notice people and their needs to step out of our comfort zone and into people's problems, as Christ himself did and would do. When a group of people do this, and do it faithfully, it's impossible to ignore. It will be noticed, and it will point people to God who is at the center of it all. I hope if you're not experiencing this kind of fellowship, you would prayerfully consider what God would have you do whether to trust Christ initially to save you from your sins, or whether after that to refocus and be intentional about your fellowship with others who are also in Christ. Thanks for listening. If you don't know what it means to know God personally, please don't hesitate to reach out. And we love to show you from the Bible how you can know God. You can email me at info at wileygospel.org. If you're not plugged into and regularly attending a local church in the Wiley area, I invite you to come out and visit us. You can find the times and location on our website, wileygospel.org. I look forward to sharing with you more encouragement from God's Word here on Wide Awake.